It takes more than using GitHub Copilot to generate your code reviews to be a great software engineer. This is episode 319 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we talk about all of the non-technical things that go into the technical process of software development, which might not be technical anymore if you can just use GitHub Copilot True. for everything. <laughs> GitHub Copilot for your task tracker. Yeah, like, what should I do today? Yeah. <laughs> GitHub Copilot integrated with your email client. I, I guess Gmail kind of has that already. They have all that autocomplete stuff. It does. And it's it's not bad. Yeah, it's frightening. It's like well high it precision, low recall. When it makes a suggestion, spot on. But it doesn't make, for me, it doesn't make a lot of suggestions. I'm just very obtuse. I've had moments of concern about my mental state when I saw what to get what the gmail autocomplete was <laughs> typing in like if i start typing the word the letter n and then it says no worries if not like ah. <laughs> I, sh- I just sh- i shouldn't say that that's you, not a thing i should say it, yeah <laughs> you've gone down the neural net <laughs> machine like that that basically identified you as a pushover yeah exactly yeah <laughs> github copilot for career coaching and development <laughs> That's not what this show is about. Do you want to thank our patrons, Dave? Yes. Thank you so much to those that are contributing every month where they get a shout out on every episode. They are Kent, C. Dodds, the- Theodore Savin, Nay, Thin, Sack, On, Memester Josh, Owen Shardle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, Andrew Pollock, Landfuer, and yes, we've seen the pronunciation guide, and no, it doesn't help me. Kashockton, Ohio, <laughs> patreon.com.au, we're hiring. Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, testing is documenting.org. Will Angel, who parenthetically does not have stinky feet. Ragnar, Har- Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Nick Cantar, and Philip Jambasil. If you'd like to join this illustrious crew, go over to softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. And if you contribute any dollar amount, we will send you an invitation to our Slack community at the beginning of each month. And if you contribute enough to make a material impact, which we've debated what that means to Jameson's yacht, <laughs> then we will say your name on the show or the name of the, the city with the longest name in Europe and quite possibly the whole world. Which, by the way, we learned was actually a marketing ploy in the 1800s, which I thought was amazing because that kind of that that like that level of trolling I thought was kind of a recent phenomenon, but it's not. I don't think I was paying attention when we learned that because that that's new information <laughs> to me just now. That's cool. right. I love that. Yeah, I, it is. It is a true statement according to a YouTube video from some random person. <laughs> so absolute truth yeah <laughs> exactly i mean they made a video about it for goodness yeah. sake yeah how how could something with this high production values be telling me false yeah it was good too the lighting man <laughs> that's it's called the light of truth <laughs> should i read our first question yeah go for it this is from an anonymous listener who says my company wants several complex applications rewritten Steve, in quotes, so probably not their real name, wrote the original applications and has been assigned to do the rewrite. There is very little documentation on the original applications, and the rewrite will take intimate understanding of the existing code and new requirements. Management assigned me to work with Steve. They warned me that since we had started working remotely after COVID, Steve has been hard to get a hold of and not meeting deadlines. My job is to keep Steve on task. Oh, no. (laughs) When I ask Steve a question, he will respond, I'll work on it tomorrow, or I'll have to look into that. Then I never hear from him again. If I tell management I haven't been able to get a hold of him, they will contact him. Then he will contact me asking, what can I help you with? Again, all his answers will be, I'll have to look into that. 
Occasionally, Steve will report to me that he has finished a task, but because he did it without me, I am even more confused about what needs to be done or how to do it. I feel like my job has turned into tattling on Steve. I'm afraid I'm going to be labeled a whiner and that this project will harm my career growth. Over the last two weeks, my solution has been to just ignore the project. Management hasn't checked in with me, but I'm sitting on a ticking time bomb. What should I do? Well, here's an idea. When management says, how's the project? You know exactly what to say. Steve has given you the perfect pattern. I'll have to look into that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll check on that tomorrow. (laughs) Management. It's moving to the top of tomorrow's to-do list. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've unlocked the secret. I think Steve has GitHub Copilot in his Slack integration. And it's like, I'll have to look into that tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, there, there has to be someone who has, like, GTP3'd their life to some absurd degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder... there are some arguments that were all nothing more than clones of a GTP3 <laughs> instance. Now I just want that for for Slack. Let me just say that if, if you type the letter I at the start of your Slack message and the autocomplete, which doesn't really exist, but if it did, if it says... I'll work on it tomorrow. That would be very interesting about you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, some some deep truths being revealed by the magic of machine learning. My job has turned into tattling on Steve. My solution's been to just ignore the project. Yeah, I I think so has Steve's. <laughs> it sounds like you have there's more parallels between you than you might know. I'm just reading back on the description of the original uh, of the project again. This sounds like a tough thing to work on, um, which has a low chance of success. Rewrite several complex applications by yourself. And by the way, you're the person who wrote them first, which means you have a lot of knowledge, but like... You also caused the problem. Yeah, you're <laughs> you made all these decisions, but now you're going to make them again in a newer framework. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I've never made these many mistakes in Angular 2. <laughs> yeah. It'll be way easier to hire people to clean up our React mess than our Backbone mess. Yeah, exactly. So, that's And that's true. <laughs> that is like objectively true. <laughs> cleaning up a modern framework mess is much easier to do than, or to hire for than cleaning up an ancient framework mess. Yeah. It, th- this feels like... If if someone handed me this project and said, go to it, Jameson, then I think I would have a lot of trouble feeling like I was making meaningful progress on it as well. There's just so much to do, and it's you're you're making such tiny dents in the enormous pile of work, and like you would have to be really, really good at having a technical vision and sticking to it in a way that maybe the past failures of these projects indicate Steve is not in order to succeed at this. I mean, if I were in this situation, I would immediately morph into project manager mode. I mean, my very first tool I would reach for is a spreadsheet where I start typing out a list of all the things that need to be rewritten. And Steve would help me make this list. I mean, tomorrow he would help me make this list. (laughs) (laughs) You collaborate on it asynchronously with you. Exactly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is another way of saying, I'm not going to work on this. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's the thing. You never know if it did the request fail or did it just not, did it get delayed? Well, Steve is the human embodiment of the halting problem. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I would go. And, you know, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, eventually this list would grow very large as inevitably happens. And and in fact, I had a team come to me and say, I want to rewrite a part of this application. And I said, okay, make a list of all the parts you want to rewrite. I want like component by component, everything that needs to be rewritten and and come back to me and they came back with a small list and i said i don't think this list is complete come back to me again in a few days and they came back and it was like hundreds the list was hundreds of items long and i was like now now we understand the the job we're up against this is a big job yeah and then i said now estimate each component rewrite (laughs) and it came back like a week later i'm like okay we have three thousand hours of work ahead of us yeah and i would i would actually do that and then i would bring it to management and say this is going to cost us, and by the way, these estimates are always short, right? This is going to cost us X number of dollars. Do you really want to do this? And by the way, the problem must be pretty bad if management is asking you to help rewrite it. Like a lot of times developers are begging, can we please rewrite this? And management is like, no, go away. But if management themselves is saying, please rewrite this, it's bad, I think. Yeah. I didn't, this person didn't say what their role is, but I think they're a software developer, the question asker. Yeah, it sounds like it. So it sounds like your your recommendation feels spot on of if you want to have an accurate understanding of the status of Steve's work, you need some understanding of the status of the project overall. I think that will that will help you put what Steve is working on into context and understand or have more information to understand. Is Steve actually doing the several remote jobs at once thing or or doing the zero remote jobs at once thing but you're yeah. just <laughs> right <laughs> zero or multiple yes yeah, um... is, is it just really hard not meeting deadlines that doesn't feel like whom among us has has met all of the deadlines that doesn't feel like a that in and of itself doesn't indicate to me that Steve is not working it could be that Steve is doing software developer things where he's he, he's focused completely on finishing the task and and that means there's not as much time going into like estimating of how long the task will take it could be that he's going rogue and and diving deeply into fixing some non-impactful like nerd snipe stuff uh, and so that's blowing up the timeline but it could just be that it takes a long time as well and and indicating that it takes a long time is taking would take more time <laughs> so steve is not putting in that work yeah but what is my point here yeah, this might turn your job into a job you don't want. If you really don't want yeah. to do project management, then you you are in some trouble. Or babysitting, because th- this is like devolved even... I mean, okay, you want to do software engineering, fine, great. You're, you're a project manager, sorry, that's what you are. But now you're going even worse. You're going to babysitting mode where it's like you're trying to keep track of whether Steve is even doing anything. You know, like to me, that's not even project management, that's regular management i don't know what what is that (laughs) and it's a weird spot to be in to manage one other person (laughs) yeah it's like you you have too much time alone with that person you you need some time when you're not focused solely on on them for it to not get weird i feel like yeah otherwise you get kind of cabin fevery think right right i mean so why don't we lean in just for a moment into what do you do if you're actually What do you do if you are now managing this person? (laughs) You're the one-on-one manager. And I got to ask, Jameson, how do you feel about key loggers? Great for the world. (laughs) Uh, I'm in favor. (laughs) 
Only good. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I'm just thinking. I've always a- wanted to know what other people are typing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm just in favor of transparency. Right. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think for better or worse, you your job has morphed not from project manager, not from engineer to project manager, not from project manager to manager, but rather you are now a crime scene investigator and your job is to build a case against Steve. Now, maybe Steve has critical company information that makes him indispensable, but at the very least, Steve should not be allowed to work from home. And I think you're <laughs> going to need to build a case for that. And I don't think you should actually go install a keylogger, although that, as with every human problem, there's always a technical solution. That is one to consider, I guess. <laughs> but it's time to build a case, and I think you're going to have ample material to take that case to management and say, I don't think Steve is actually working here. You know, just thought you might like to know, and you can do with that as you please. And I don't see what other choice you have. Like, you, your job is to help rewrite this code, but the only resource you have to do it is non-existent. And so, you you know, you can either be a hero and try to rewrote the whole, rewrite the whole code without Steve, or you can try to get management to see a, a new way to solve this problem that doesn't involve Steve. Or that involves Steve in a different capacity where he's, you know, sitting in an office where people can see his screen. Yeah. I do feel like, so you said, I feel like my job has turned into tattling on Steve. Yeah. I think there's probably, uh, this is this is getting at what you were saying too, which is that y- you, you can do more than try to transparently relay to management what Steve is doing. In the past, you have, it sounds like you've used them by saying, hey, I'm having a hard time getting hold of Steve and they'll go ping him. But I, I think you need to start having more deliberate conversations about what they can do to help you. Like it's, it's not sustainable for you to use management as a like pager for Steve. That's not solving the underlying problem. And the fact that you've had to do this several times and it hasn't changed things means that it's, that's not enough of a nudge. So I think I'm agreeing with you, Dave, which is not shocking because you're right all the time. You, You need to start, working with management on what you two can do together to solve this problem instead of them asking you how's steve doing and you say i don't know not super great like if they've put you in this position i think you have you get to ask them for some help especially if you're if you're a software developer that they've asked to do this and and you're kind of like deliberately going outside of your your defined role so so i think my advice is engage with management more directly on trying to solve the problem instead of just answering their status questions basically yeah, and, and trying to keep steve on task because you, you don't have the tools but if you're steve's peer and you're working remotely and and steve doesn't report to you and you, like you don't have you might be able to do it and figure it out if, if you have the right set of skills but you certainly don't have like the organizational tools and probably not the past experience of solving stuff like this as well agree you can always say like, hey, if you want me to be a manager, then give me the money. Show me the money and then I'll do it. Yeah. Threaten them. And they're like, okay, we will offer you a 5% raise. <laughs> and now you have to go install this keylogger on Steve's right computer. You're like, I only know one way to do management and it involves keyloggers <laughs> and maximum transparency. <laughs> well, have we answered it? I think so. Good luck to you and to Steve. Yes. All right, Dave, do you want to read our next question? Yes. 
All right. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, how to keep our sanity in times of uncertainty. I've recently changed jobs, and despite the facts show that I shouldn't be worried, I can see my judgment is blurred by the fear of getting laid off, even when there's no sign of it, and I fear that I would fulfill the prophecy. (laughs) 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 Which pro... I, I didn't quite catch the prophecy part, so, like... If I say, are there layoffs to my manager, my manager might say, well, there weren't until you asked. <laughs> what a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it never occurred to me. <laughs> hmm. Uh, the facts show I shouldn't be worried. So That's not good all the facts show you shouldn't be worried because some of the facts are like you look in the news and there's an endless parade of tech layoffs. Mm-hmm. And another fact is that sometimes layoffs are performed uh, by laying off folks who are newer to the company with the thought that that is less damaging to productivity. So this is probably not the advice you're coming to this show looking for, but the the risk is certainly not zero (laughs) for you having just changed jobs. And and maybe, maybe you're being told like you're doing awesome work and you've become very essential and yeah, you know more about that. But just if 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 I'm like some CEO five organization levels removed from your name, I I might have a spreadsheet that lists everyone and their tenure at the company. And it's just like bloop, sort. Okay, maybe we laugh <laughs> those people. Yeah. And and there's certainly more that goes into it than that, I would imagine, but uh that that is a data point that gets used. The other I think the other important fact to acknowledge is that the past was more uncertain than I think most of us care to admit. What do you mean? What I mean is that life is full of uncertainty. And sometimes life throws actions at us, like, I don't know, a tech recession or a global pandemic, that just reveal the tenuous impermanence of life, whether it's a job or or health or whatever. But sometimes we, we just live in blissful ignorance. And... When the veil of uncertainty is, is uh, or the veil of, of false certainty is cleared from our eyes, we sometimes go, oh, maybe I should be worried about all this uncertainty. But it's been with you all along. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess there are always tech layoffs. There just are more <laughs> now, but... More, more and... I mean, there are more now, for sure, and higher profile layoffs, and... The the concern that I feel, and I think many others do too, is that when there are more layoffs happening, if I get laid off, I won't be able to just bounce back into a job and get a nice fifteen percent raise, you know, yeah. and, and then collect severance from my old job while I'm getting a paycheck with my new job and get double paid yeah. for six weeks. And it's like it's just so great getting laid off. Yeah. Getting laid off is the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it won't be so great this time. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. And and there's. There's often some element of circumstances out of your control in layoffs, but I feel like they're they're more that way. If the economy overall is is worse, it feels like it's more likely that a layoff that is not directly connected to your job performance could could target you. So yeah, I could see that revealing the uncertainty a bit more. Yeah, uh, my it's judgment true. is blurred by the fear of getting laid off. I wonder what they mean there. Like, are they less likely to? propose solutions or push back in certain ways because they're worried about showing up on a list somewhere or something you know 
Yeah, maybe. Or maybe my judgment is blurred means I just work really hard and effectively now. Whereas before I used to to say, I should look into that and I'll work, I'll get it done tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. There's a guy who looks suspiciously like the Monopoly guy who's just cackling in a a back room somewhere going like, like, I love this. (laughs) I should have been doing layoffs more. (laughs) Yes, it's working. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to me, this is this is fear. Like this whole question has fear just running all the way through it. And and the fact of the matter is that being scared about things that haven't yet happened does nothing but hurt you, unless you prepare or change your behavior now to minimize the chance of those bad things happening. And so, if you really are worried about getting laid off, try doing a really really good job because that's the only thing that's in your control. Do a great job, do quality work, do fast work, help your teammates, help your management, make sure everyone knows what you're doing and how good it is. You know, demo your stuff, talk to your manager and your skip level about the great contributions you made and and do this consistently. And what else can you do? You know, what else can you do if something bad is happening? You know, if if there's a threat of a layoff. I have one other thing you can do. So I I really like what you suggested, which is... um... Do, do what you can to try to reduce the likelihood that you will be laid off. You're tackling that in two ways. One, by saying, if there is a layoff, I'm I'm going to be more valuable or try to make myself more visibly valuable to the company so I'm less likely to be targeted. And also, like if you just do a really good job, then hopefully your company does better and there's less yeah, need for it. maybe. The other thing I would try to do is find out more information to help me figure out if... The, the likelihood of a layoff so try to gather more information so you can know how much should i be preparing like here versus kind of expanding my network and like how and good of a job should i really be doing I yeah think. yeah <laughs> yeah so you, you you tackle your own performance and you try and gather more information to figure out how likely is this and there's some heuristics you can use like if your website says the word cryptocurrency anywhere or crypto <laughs> or web3 <laughs> Yeah, very good chance you're getting laid off. <laughs> yeah, you add a few tens of percentages to uh, the likelihood of layoffs. If it says anything about residential real estate. Yes. <laughs> FinTech is starting to get that way a little bit too. It, if you recently raised like a billion dollars with like a thousand X revenue multiplier valuation or something like that, then. Well, in that case, you're fine. Right, you cut well, no, the money. <laughs> you spent it all. Your company blew it all. I'm sure on oh, hyperscaling. Okay. Yeah, that that might be another sign. Actually, if you've if you've recently like tripled the size of your company, most places I have worked at have had some amount of transparency internally around how the company is doing financially. So so if you feel like things that were going up and to the right are now going down into the right, that could be a sign. Yeah. So so do some investigation. And and the result of that investigation should tell you, like, is it time to start showing up to meetups again? <laughs> you know, like, right, do I need to right, change right, some right. behaviors so that if this does happen, I'm I'm a bit more prepared than right, right than none prepared. Here's a couple of questions you could ask someone in your company. You could say, Hey, what's our average cash burn rate over the last say twelve months? Uh huh. And then, and then, in a totally disconnected conversation, <laughs> maybe maybe five days later, say, to a different hey, person, how much? Ca- yeah, different person. How yeah. much cash do we have in the bank right now? And then, and burn rate, by the way, is a monthly number. And then just and then just do a little bit of math. Divide cash by burn rate. 
And now you know how many months until the company's going out of business. <laughs> yep. If if that's a single digit, then uh, yeah, 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 layoffs are probably coming. Layoffs, yeah, layoffs are coming. <laughs> right. If it's if it's more than like eighteen or twenty four, you're probably in pretty darn good shape. Yeah. But if it's like six, <laughs> yeah, you might you might be in trouble. Yeah, I somewhat jokingly mentioned crypto, although rough times for for those folks. Oh yeah, so not not totally jokingly, but you can kind of look around at competitors and and see is is this an industry, is our industry being affected? Do we have lots of yeah. competitors who seem to be struggling, or have they done layoffs? That could be, it could be a sign. It could also be a sign that you are uniquely positioned and and you're going to come through stronger than ever because your competitors are falling by the wayside. But certainly some some data points. And most of the information we just shared with you is very startup centric. Like James and I both work at startups now. We've yeah. spent a lot of our career in startups, you know, so they won't apply to anyone who's at like a Megaco or a, a boutique shop that's kind of in, you know, like self-sustaining, you know, this just doesn't apply. Um, it, that's not to say you won't get laid off, but these are the wrong questions to ask. <laughs> yeah. If you, <laughs> if I asked at Walmart, Hey, what's our burn rate? Then they'd be like, Ha. Huh. <laughs> yeah. What's our runway? Our burn rate, I guess you could technically just read some like public documents and figure out our, how much our money burn we rate spend. is negative four billion dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is our runway? The the heat death of the universe. Yeah, they're like, we will never die. Uh a lot of things have to die before we die. Although I did just hear a big retailer posted like a ninety percent profit reduction year over year for this quarter. So like it those things are happening too. So if you work for a mega public company, it's actually quite a bit easier to figure this information out. What is hard to figure out at a mega giant company is how to translate publicly reported financial information to what its effect is on your team. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. there's not a clear line connecting those things yeah if there if there are fifty thousand engineers and your company is losing money what subsection of those fifty thousand engineers yeah. might be targeted by cost cutting that's pretty hard to tell there, there's another kind of precursor to layoffs that usually happens but there's some caveats here and and the, the precursor is a hiring freeze you know companies that are continuing to hire obviously have either A, some pretty serious confidence in their ability to pay these people, or B, they just haven't checked their financial statements in a little while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's not always a, a solid indicator. Like I'm aware of one company that is doing aggressive hiring of software developers right now, but they have like a 30% attrition per year among software engineers. So it's like they're hiring a lot of people, but they're losing a lot of people, but they're not laying them off per se. They're just trying to keep headcount Driving flat. them out. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, it's hard to know if this is coming your way. But if it does, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to react when the thing happens with the conditions that the thing happens in that you won't know until it happens. And you're just going to do your best. And you're going to be okay. You know, like, what's the worst that could happen? You You end up starving to death on the streets of Manhattan as people pass by ignoring you. Okay, that's pretty bad. Maybe that's not. <laughs> what, what's the second worst that could happen? What if we go one better? <laughs> <laughs> it's summer, though, so you're not cold. <laughs> yeah, that's the second worst. <laughs> At least it's not winter. 
Um, uh, that got really morbid. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, I have not checked this. I, I think that folks are still getting jobs. I suspect that this, this might just have some downward pressure on salary increases or benefits or, or uh, maybe there, there might just not be as many different options to choose from if you go back into the labor market as an engineer. I guess I should probably check. I don't know. It's a good question for for me. But I, I, I don't get the sense that um, this has become the kind of thing where you get laid off and, and the regular cases you just cannot find more work. I know that that happens to some people. I don't want to minimize the, the impact of that. It's brutal. But I think most of the yeah. time for the past few decades, if you lose your job as an engineer, it's been relatively easy to get a new one. And I feel like my gut... My my gut data is telling me that it's still not dire straits to get a new job. You might you might take a pay cut, gasp instead of a pay raise, like you said. But I I don't think the worst case is you don't work anymore. I think so too. There there still seems to be strong demand for software engineers, and the remotification of work from COVID I think works to to folks' advantage here. If you live outside of a major tech hub where that's a case where I've I've heard it in the past can be harder to find your next job if you live in a in a town without a huge tech market and you're looking locally, but it seems to be less impactful now. Yeah, I think so. Right. So don't worry about it. That's my answer. It's fine. Don't worry about That's it. That's actually the don't worry about it thing is actually the right answer, I think, in my view. As as flippant as it sounds, you have to force yourself not to worry about bad things that haven't happened yet and that you have no b- reason to believe that they will happen. You know? Well, not no reason. Okay, well, I mean, this question asker specifically said, at my company, I have facts that show I shouldn't be worried, but I'm yeah, worried that's true. anyway. And you're like, oh, maybe you maybe you actually just don't have all the facts, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks think, a lot, Jameson. You're welcome. I'm glad we could help this person. <laughs> One more thing I'll say is maybe some additional prep you could do is, is try to cement this idea in your mind that your worth as a person is not determined by some organizations job is. yeah view of of your output true and and i think part of what is losing your job or, or either getting fired or laid off in some kind of cost cutting part of what makes that painful besides the upheaval in your life is is th- this feeling of like why oh, i wasn't good enough like they they thought i wasn't worth it oh yeah it's 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 hard it hurts right yeah so all you have to do is develop an unshakable confidence that you are worth it ahead of time. And just, just Perfect. Let it bounce Easy. off. Easy. Easy, yeah. Just squash that imposter syndrome on down here. Have you tried just not having that? <laughs> that's what Actually, I'm Actually, that's part two in our seminar. Of no bugs driven development. Is, that, that's right. <laughs> no bugs driven development is part one. We have an upsell opportunity for you, yeah. uh, which is... Just don't have imposter syndrome is the name of the <laughs> workshop, actually. Anyone who disagrees with me is a hater and they're wrong. But obviously that is the work of a lifetime to accomplish. But but it might worth the, it might be worth thinking about a little bit that that I mean if this does happen. Yeah. And I mean this is called this is resilience, right? Like you're you want to build some resilience. And yeah. that's challenging to do. I mean, I laid in bed last night for three hours just worrying about things. That was a great use of my time. (laughs) (laughs) But it's normal. Like, it's normal and natural to worry about stuff that hasn't happened. I have some small children I could lend you that would make it so you cannot lay in bed awake worrying about things. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man you'll either be awake trying to deal with screaming or passed out from exhaustion <laughs> there's no time to ruminate because every time i try and ruminate i fall asleep <laughs> i'm just too tired to worry about anything yeah that's part three of the seminar yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can never have insomnia if you're just too tired actually that's literally not true because that's how insomnia <laughs> That's, that's, that's right. That's, that's the what definition insomnia of insomnia. Is. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh boy, I got to get out of here. Uh, I am so excited to come to your company, not yours, Jameson, but our, our listeners, and just charge them insane amounts of money to tell your engineering team to stop writing bugs and stop being imposter syndrome victims. Like, it's going to be great. We're going to make so much money. Uh, and, you know, you might want to worry about this, but all the money we take from your company will no longer be available for labor budgets. This might lead to layoffs, so you're going to want to prepare. <laughs> Is that the secret part four seminar where we just grab all the executives and say, the secret to success is cutting your labor costs so you can pay the consultants more. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's perfect. Well, have we answered this question? We have, and we've tipped our hands, so we must, <laughs> we must end the show before we okay. reveal more of our hot business tips <laughs> i'm sorry that you're worried about this you are certainly not alone and and do what dave said and you'll be fine that's yeah my advice in general oh oh jameson i have to say this i spent four years at a big company worrying that i was going to get fired all the time and this was before these uncertain times and i i actually found a technique that helped that i forgot to share which was I found that when I was helping provide feedback to management on other people, that I was less worried about getting fired myself. Meaning if management came to me and said, hey, could you help me kind of help me evaluate the contributions of these engineers? I found that when I was having those discussions, I walked out with a lot more confidence hearing management and kind of seeing what they're thinking and stuff. It really helped me feel like, oh, I'm not going to get fired tomorrow. Because they they trust your opinion on on whether to fire other people? Is that what you mean? Yeah, they're asking for my they're asking for my input and we're talking about people whose contributions haven't been great or have been great and it kind of gives you a baseline of like where is the eye of Sauron pointed right now? Ah, and if like what you know yeah, you can what, see what kind of stuff summons it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what stuff summons the eye of Sauron? That's exactly right. And and I'm like, I'm not doing any of the stuff that that has summoned management's eye of Sauron. So I'm okay. It was very, very helpful. It put me at ease. So if you can find a way to be part of the feedback loop, and, and I'm I'm trying to say this in such a way that doesn't make you sound like a mole where you're like, I could share all the dirt on my peers. Because <laughs> that's not what I mean. Yeah, but if you they can can't lay find... you off if you're giving them reasons to lay off everybody else. Yeah, you yeah. can't. That's right. Like, if you've got a good snitch, you yeah. want to keep that person around. <laughs> yeah. For that's this not what round, I mean. at least. But... <laughs> but what I do mean is, if you can move into kind of a leadership capacity where you're helping management make important decisions or giving giving important input on the contributions of your teammates, Without being a snitch, without being a mole, it can help put you at ease that management is not looking to fire you. That is so interesting to me to hear you say that you were worried about getting fired all the time. Because when I worked at a big company for four years, I looked around at at some of the people I worked with and thought, I could never get fired from this job ever. 
ever. Like, <laughs> if this is what it takes to get fired from here, man. Or rather, if, the, if these people can stay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you can do this and still work here, I'm fine. <laughs> I think I worked for a company that was a little bit more aggressive about letting people go than you did. Yeah, probably. That's probably fair. I just had no idea. I, I don't know. Well, this is just me worrying irrationally, just like our question has created. I think it's a common problem. And maybe I was irrationally not worried. Maybe there was yeah, a sword maybe you hanging over been. my head. I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> the sword of Damocles hanging over Yeah, the, the Excel spreadsheet of Damocles. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry I swooped in at the very last minute with that. Let's get back to the exit here. I think we... Did we say our thing? I don't know. No, we didn't. Send us questions if you have them. No, you... Thank you for you doing have it. You have to ask... You have... Jameson, you have to ask me what people can do if they want to get their own question answered. I'm all flustered now. Dave, (laughs) what can people do if they want their own questions answered? I'm so glad you asked, Jameson. First of all, you have to ingratiate yourself with the soft skills engineering management to make sure that your question (laughs) makes the cut and that you don't have to sit around worrying about whether it did. Then you can go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button. And as always, we have to say thank you so much to everyone who contributes them. We read them and we love, love hearing your questions. You are the lifeblood of this show. Thank you, thank you. We will catch you next week. 